Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey guys. Hi. <laughs> Did you get that snot wiped off your face? I got it, thanks. <laughs> thanks for uh, making fun of me when I'm sick. Oh, that's not why I'm making fun of you. <laughs> Make fun of me anytime. I'm making fun of you because Boyson usually gives me the head nod when it's time for me to talk. Uh-huh. And Lindsay is now giving me the head nod too. It's like I'm a dog. I did it my subconsciously. I didn't even She's know a I stage did mom. It. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it, honey. I just want to be included in all things. Well, I appreciate the, um, the encouragement. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, fun fact we just took a shot oh. that Lindsay made. Boyson's mad at me. It was terrible i didn't think it was terrible she said do half juice and half a shot and i said i do what i want so i did did the majority of a shot and like a splash of sprite (laughs) the the shot the liquor was a sour watermelon it was called summer watermelon i I know she opened it it's ciroc summer watermelon it's their summer special i guess i loved a a splash of sprite and apparently life (laughs) hack if you really enjoy cucumbers, it tastes like cucumbers. Yeah. And I love cucumbers. I despise cucumber drinks. Cucumber flavored anything. Can confirm. She turned ragey. And she for got no reason. mad and I was like, I made a watermelon drink. I swear there's I no cucumbers. It. <laughs> it tasted like cucumbers. I can't control what it tasted like. I've never tried it. I don't want to drink my cucumbers. Well, Although maybe the summer summer watermelon has a splash of cucumber. Maybe. We'll have to try it by itself without Sprite. I don't know that I want to, but I will. I think you should. I touched a nerve. <laughs> yes, you did. Peanut ball. Peanut ball. <laughs> peanut butter whiskey from here on out. Peanut I, balls. I was, cr- I was combining fireball and peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> it's peanut oh, ball. You know what? That would be good. That would be delightful. <laughs> Sarah's peanut no. butter and cinnamon yeah that's like christmas well, that sounds disgusting i don't know about christmas peanut peanut ball sounds great peanut ball <laughs> we're gonna do peanut ball next time <laughs> okay God. good okay wait when you were walking out you said something about what did she say i opened it i called it a pokemon one i open one i open she said it's it's the one yes. i opened and i thought you said oh. It's it's the one I open, like you named it. Oh, the like shot, a, like a, like a one eye. <laughs> Not like the bottle I opened. Sorry. No, no. So now it's officially known as the one eyed shot. The one eye open shot. Ironic because I can't open one eye. So can you try, try again? No, you guys know that I can't wink. But it it's not really wink. Just hold it down. Okay. You look can't suspicious. Confirm. She cannot open one eye. <laughs> Flipping you off. I don't know why you think in the past two years that I've learned how to wink. When I think in 30 maybe like plus we just I keep haven't. showing you. You'll figure it out. <laughs> I thought you were practicing. I can't wink. Is well, that a genetic trait? No, because everybody else in my family can wink. Sorry, you both looked at me like it's a real like you should know. No, That's, everyone else that literally everybody in my family can wink, but me. I my children can. It wink. must be a recessive gene. My children can wink, and you, they are six. You are recessive. Is winking. Is it kind of like wiggling your ears? Is winking genetic? I cannot wiggle my ears. I cannot either, but I feel like most people can't. Were you Googling like recessive traits? <laughs> yeah, I, was, yeah. I said, is winking genetic? And you know oh, how gosh. Google like gives you a list of questions that other people have asked? Yes, autofill. <laughs> it <Yes>. says... <laughs> is winking... It says... <laughs> 
the first part of this is, can a one-eyed person wink? Oh, no. <laughs> it's just called my, winking. My answer was, if you only have one eye, then technically you're winking all the time. <laughs> and then the title to the webpage that's linked to that is, oh, no. does, does Mike Wazowski wink or blink? Somebody has devoted an entire website to this question, yeah. to a fictional it character. <clears throat> yeah. And then I, mine says, can a cyclops wink? <laughs> I mean, Mike Wazowski is a cyclops, isn't he? Uh, technically, I suppose. There are a lot of weird people on the internet. If you had only one eye, would that be called winking? These are genuine questions. <laughs> okay, but Mike and a cyclops are not real. I, I think I'm more confused than ever after Googling <laughs> I that. I feel like that's pretty good, though. All right, there's got to be something that you guys cannot do. Oh, I can't I do, do a lot of things. Okay, like what? Get, make me feel better about myself right now. Um, public speaking? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like a bodily, like... <laughs> bodily function? <laughs> function, yeah. I don't know if that word's right. That most people can do. Can you roll your tongue? That's <laughs> rolling your arse. I can't yes. roll my arse. <laughs> you can't roll your arse? No. <clears throat> I can make a hot dog with my tongue. What can you not do? I You've been able to do all the things. I can't touch my tongue to my nose. Okay, but like something else that most people can do. Yeah, I can't wiggle my ears. That's true. I can't either. Most people can't do that. Can you wiggle yours? No. Okay, me either. What do you want to talk about tonight? We are going to do a group paranormal episode about doppelgangers. Doppelgangers. I was going to ask you to say it in German. <laughs> well, it is doppelganger. I know. You read my mind. <laughs> it is German. It do is you want German. to hear how it's German? Sure. Yes, please. Okay. Put simply, a doppelganger is a biologically unrelated lookalike or a double of a living person. A twin. Okay, yeah. In fiction and mythology, they are often a symbol of a bad omen or an evil twin. In ancient Egyptian mythology, a ka was a tangible spirit double having the same memories and feelings as their counterpart. In Norse mythology, it's known as a ghostly double who is seen performing the person's actions in advance. So it's kind of like a premonition, but seeing yourself do it. According to German folklore, all living creatures have a spirit double who is invisible, but identical to the living individual. And the concept of the existence of a spirit double, an exact but usually invisible replica of every man, bird, or beast is an ancient and widespread belief. So this is not just Germany. It's been going on for years and years, and it's kind of across the board. To meet one's double is thought of as a sign that death is imminent. So if you see your doppelganger, you're, gonna die. you're dying. When using the term in modern times, sometimes the definition is more relaxed and is simply used to describe any person who physically resembles another person. So it's common to say like, oh, that's your doppelganger if somebody looks like you. But in kind of ancient times, older times, it's more serious than that. And so also fairly modern is the application of the term doppelganger, which we'll get to in just a second, in a paranormal setting, which Sarah gets into a little bit later on. Interestingly, a similar idea of an apparition or a living person was coined by Francis Gross in 1787 when he used the term fetch. Sorry. Stop trying to make fetch happen, Gross. It's never going to happen, okay? 
But you can't sit with us, okay? In just 12 years after he coins the term fetch to represent a doppelganger, the actual term doppelganger was born, making Francis the first person who was unable to make fetch happen. He did, did not you write make- that part yourself? Oh, I did. She was mad that we stole her joke. <laughs> we were a little early. Sorry. We should have let you. We should have had more faith in your mean girls. Yeah. History. And here we come to the term doppelganger, which stems from the German German language and translates literally to double walker. Double goer. Devil or double? Double. Double, double walker. Two. Okay. Double walker or double goer. It was first noted in... 1796 in the German novel Siebenkäs. Yes. Kaiser. Siebenkäs. Siebenkäs. Uh-huh. I've read it. It's great. By, <laughs> by Jean Paul. It means. All right, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Do it. Siebenkäs means seven cheese. It literally translates to seven cheese. You are so impressive. I <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That Sorry is amazing. <laughs> That's the last name of the star of the novel. So, Mr. Seven Cheese. <laughs> Sir Seven Cheese. Sir Seven Cheese is unhappily married, and he goes to talk about it with his friend, Body Giver. Ooh, I don't know that one. But plot twist, Body Giver is Seven Cheese's alter ego, wow. or doppelganger, who then convinces Seven Cheese to, to fake his own death in sure. order to begin a new life. Makes sense. Okay. And he does. He finds new love, and he maybe lives happily ever after i didn't read the book okay. i don't know but i'm disappointing gonna, i think he did so this word was actually invented by that author jean paul in the 1700s but the concept of alter egos and body doubles or double spirits have appeared in the folklore myths and religious concepts and the traditions of many cultures throughout much of history. It's not a new concept. It's a fairly new name to the concept that many cultures have. Okay, so we're going to go over some of the most famous cases of doppelgangers. Percy Bysshe Shelley, who is an English poet. Okay. Also Didn't know it. <laughs> more famously known because he's married to Mary Shelley. <laughs> Pop quiz, who is Mary Shelley? Uh, Percy, in, Percy's husband, wife. <laughs> in England. Eighth cheese. I said she's an author in the 1800s. She's, oh. Where are we supposed to know this? The Sir author of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Oh. She wrote Frankenstein. Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yeah, I don't know. Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. She's very popular. She's the author of Frankenstein. She wrote she, Frankenstein. She's got back. So she, like, to it. have a female author writing sci-fi back then was pretty big deal. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So Mary Shelley's husband, Percy. So he's a poet. And he knew it, though, I think. (laughs) (laughs) He did. (laughs) He told his wife prior to his death that he had met his own doppelganger. So he drowned on July 8th of 1822. And in August, Mary wrote a letter to a friend detailing his claims that he had met his own doppelganger before his death. So he told her that, and this is from her letter, that he met himself and the doppelganger said to him, quote, how long do you mean to be content? Huh. It's a very vague question. And that's the only thing he said to him. And he said, she said that he would see him whenever he was ill or not feeling well. But the interesting thing about this doppelganger is that another family friend, Mrs. Williams, saw the doppelganger as well. So she said that she thought she saw Shelley, and this is the husband, pass by the window, 
and she watched him pass back and forth by the window, like, several times. So finally she went out there to see, like, what are you doing? What's going on? And he was not there. And then she found out later he was, like, far away in another city and wasn't even there to begin with. Ooh. She, uh, interesting thing to note about that is that he didn't talk to her, even though she was calling out to him. And then Percy also alluded to a doppelganger in a drama that he wrote called Promistheus Unbound, where a character met, quote, his own image walking in the garden. Okay. End quote. George Tryon. So he is a Victorian Admiral, Admiral Sir George Tyron. So this story is kind of crazy, too. He was, his family was having a party. He was away. I guess admirals then is the Navy. So he was on a ship. <laughs> okay. So he was on a ship. He was sailing and family's having a party at his family home. And many guests said that they saw him looking straight ahead, not talking, not interacting with anyone. And this was on June 22nd of 1893. And they all thought that was weird because he was supposed to be on his ship. But it was later reported after the party that he had gone down with his ship that very night. Oh, don't make me do it. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm sorry. Remember I couldn't when Lindsay it. thought that was uh, <laughs> Celine Yeah. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> okay. So it was kind of a sad story because the ship collided with another ship and he was, I guess, the captain because he was trying to correct it and overcorrected basically which caused his ship to sink and everybody to die on the ship and one of his last words was it's all my fault oh so it's kind of sad but he was seen at a party i wonder how they knew that was his last word if everybody died oh my gosh i didn't think about that <laughs> why are you poking holes in this story i didn't need to <laughs> he wrote it on a, a waterproof diary i mean he wrote it, it on the, the closet log. wall that was the thing to do captain's, captain's log. log he wrote it in the captain's <laughs> log <laughs> Since social my last words are <laughs> it's all, it's all it's my thoughts. <laughs> Maybe there were some survivors. I don't know. We'll see. He was not trying to poke a hole. Jenny and Louis curious. <laughs> How dare you? It's one of life's questions. Like, does Mike Wazowski blink or wink? We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Since social media, <laughs> Doppelganger has really taken off. There have been several reported cases of people finding their twin stranger online, which is their modern term for a doppelganger. There are even websites that you can go to upload a photo of yourself, and facial recognition software will try to find someone who looks just like you. There are several doppelgangers represented in film and media. I listed just a couple, because I'm not going to list all of them, but the movie Us Yes. Evil doppelgangers. Uh -huh. Twin Peaks has doppelgangers in them. How I Met Your Mother. The Double. The Prestige. Lake Mungo. Stephen King wrote a book called The Outsider. The Devil's Elixir. And Lord Byron, who was a famous author in the 1800s, also used doppelganger imagery throughout his works. The most famous case of doppelganger is the case of Emily Sagey. And I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong because it's French. Sounds like it's wrong. <laughs> S-A-G-E-E. -E. Like -E. For French. Emily S. Okay, how would you say it with a French accent? Emily Sagey? <laughs> that was excellent. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it excellent, but... <laughs> Sarah, shut up! It was a good effort. You already poked holes in my story. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. You're right, I'm annoying. Right. We're going to call her Emily. Okay. 
I like Emily. All right. So the story of Emily was first told in a book by Robert Dale Owen in 1860 called The Footfalls on the Boundary of Another World. All right. So Emily was a school teacher in France in the 1840s. I will say Robert Dale Owen, he wrote this book based off of her students telling him these stories. So this is all like secondhand experience. So she worked for 16 years as a teacher at 19 schools. Why did she travel so much? Yeah, I know. I know this story. Okay. So her 19th role was when she was 32 years old, and she started at an elite boarding school, Pinsiot von Neuwilk, in 1846. <laughs> the voice really adds to it. That was thank good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. 1846. She goes to this boarding school. Pretty soon, various students and teachers begin to complain about seeing her twin in the classroom. The twin was often seen imitating Emily's actions or sitting silently beside her. Weird thing was that she was completely oblivious to her doppelganger. Whereas all the stories that we've heard, people see their doppelganger, and that's kind of the bad part. It's the sign of death. But she could never see her doppelganger. Other people could. But people reported that when her doppelganger, or her twin, as they called it, would appear, she would be groggy and pretty lethargic, like almost like she was in a trance. Students swore that they saw her twin, and I'm going to keep calling it twin because that's how they referred to it, pretending to eat from an invisible bowl and spoon when she was eating in the dining hall. On one occasion that freaked the girls out, she was teaching a class of about 42 girls when she stepped outside to pick some flowers from the garden. While she was away from the classroom, the students were left working on their schoolwork, and they could see her in the garden from the window. However, her twin suddenly appeared in the teacher's chair. They didn't think anything of it. They just thought she had come back. But then another girl pointed out the window and they all saw Emily was still in the garden picking flowers. So two of the students stood up and approached the doppelganger and tried to touch it. Oh. They said that it looked just like their teacher up close in all aspects, except when they touched it. They said, quote, it felt empty like the stuff cobwebs are made of. Ooh. Oh, you know, that's what spirits feel like. So when Emily was asked about this incident, she was pretty confused because, again, she can't see her doppelganger. So she said that she recalled having an urge suddenly to go inside the classroom to see the children while she was picking the flowers. And I think that's when she felt her twin being touched. All of a sudden, she was like, I have to go inside. Ew. So the thing with this story... (laughs) Who knows if it's true? Like I said, Dale Owen's book is the only known account of Emily, and he reports that he got it from other students. But if she was really at 19 boarding schools, you think there would be a lot more eyewitness accounts than just at this one school. And there's no solid documentation to show that she lived, except there was a family with that last name who lived in France around that time. But it's an interesting story. For sure. A couple other people who are pretty famous. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. He was a German writer, poet, <laughs> and politician. But it's not Van Gogh. What is it? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. G-O-E-T-H. Johann Wolfgang Van Gogh. He's in all of my Duolingo training. Oh, okay. He's a poet. He's a poet? Yeah. And he knows it. He does know it. So one day he was pretty depressed and riding around after he left a girl named Frederica. Fred- Frederica? Yes, I think you're right. Yes. Suddenly, he saw a mysterious person riding toward him. So the person looked like him, although he was wearing different clothes. After looking at him, the figure soon disappeared, and he forgot all about it. But eight years later, he found himself riding down that same footpath in the opposite direction, 
and realized that he was wearing the exact same clothes that his doppelganger had worn years ago. Oh, like a premonition. Maybe he saw himself in the future. Catherine the Great. So one night, Catherine the Great was lying in her bed when servants ran upstairs and told her that they had just seen her in the throne room. So Catherine, of course, gets up. She goes to investigate and finds her doppelganger sitting calmly on the throne. She immediately ordered for her guards to shoot, not knowing who it was. The stories don't really tell whether the bullet had any effect, but Catherine herself died soon afterwards. Mm. It's a bad omen. Here's another bad omen. Queen Elizabeth I. Oh. She claims that she also witnessed her doppelganger. According to her, she was lying on her bed and saw her doppelganger laying next to her like a corpse laid out for presentation. Quote. Like Sarah sleeps. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm a vampire. (laughs) So this was pretty terrifying to her because back then they thought this was a certain sign of death. You know, you see yourself laid out like a corpse. (laughs) They didn't know Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm currently sitting like one. (laughs) And Queen Elizabeth I died soon after seeing her doppelganger. Mm. Another omen. The last omen that I have is of our favorite person. I was hoping you would include him in this story. I mean, it's a good one. Abe Lincoln. That's my favorite doppelganger story. He saw his doppelganger. He did. On the night of his first election, Abraham Lincoln glanced in the mirror and saw himself, but he had two faces. There was a second Lincoln in the mirror who was pale and ghostly looking back at him right next to his own face. Startled, he would rise from the couch, but the doppelganger disappeared. He sat back down and saw the doppelganger again in the mirror. So Lincoln was a little like, hmm, this is weird, but Mary. Yes, the seance queen. Mary was terrified. She knew what was up. She was mirified. <laughs> Mary knew You're what was so up. Good at that. <laughs> Mary knew what was up. So she was convinced that this was bad news and a bad omen and said that it was a certain sign that he would be reelected on a second term because there was two Lincolns, so two terms, but that he would not survive his second term because the second Lincoln looked like he was dead. Lincoln went on many times to repeat this experiment on the couch, and sometimes he would see his doppelganger and sometimes he didn't. But eventually, he stopped seeing his doppelganger, and we all know how his second term ended. Yes, he was elected and died shortly after. According to Sarah's story, he also had a premonition Mm -hmm. of his own death. Yes. All right. I went ahead and included a paranormal example for us because, I mean, obviously I had to. And that is at Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Dream location Dream to investigate? Dream location, yes. Totally. We've got to go there. So this is in Louis- Louisville? Louisville? Mm-hmm. Kentucky. Louisville. <sighs> I knew you were going to correct me. Louisville? <laughs> no, you say however you want. Okay. It's in Kentucky. And it's said to have several <laughs> doppelgangers. P.S. Take a shot every time we say doppelganger. It's probably not going to be good for you in I this like episode. I like how you say it at the end of the episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so some paranormal investigators claim that they have had experience with doppelgangers here, where they've seen members of their team, but it wasn't them. So this is, you know, just kind of the same thing that you guys were saying earlier about your examples as well. So sometimes they've even interacted with these people who they thought were their team members, but it wasn't really them. When they finally did talk to whoever it was that they thought they saw, that person was actually nowhere near where the doppelganger was spotted. Kind of reminds me of, we've been to a couple places where there's a mimic where it'll say our voices. 
Yeah. Sounds like us. It's not like an apparition that you see like a doppelganger, but yeah, or it mimics your voice. That's kind of creepy. Okay, so there are some scientific explanations here. They're kind of vague because, as you can imagine, it's a little difficult to study doppelgangers scientifically. Sure. However, typically there are two things that are looked at when it comes to studying a doppelganger, and that is the genetics that make up a human face and how our brains perceive their facial features. So uh, the doppelganger is an exact cop is not an exact copy of you, but can look a lot like your twin, like you've mentioned. But the thing about twins, even identical twins, is if you look if you look at a picture of them side by side, you can see obviously their similarities, but you'll undoubtedly be able to spot a few differences on their face. Just throwing this out there too, the chances of somebody looking exactly like someone else in all the features of the face is about one in one trillion. There's those still are, a chance. Those are some odds. <laughs> so you're saying there's a so chance. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb and dumber. I love that <laughs> So scientists think that when your brain recognizes someone, it turns that person's face into a code in your head. So one person might read someone's face by looking at their eyes first, then their mouth, and then their nose. So the size and placement of their eyes determine how you would see the rest of their face. So you notice their eyes first, and then you'd recognize the rest of their face. So if their eyes were similarly spaced then you would recognize them as the same and not really pay attention to the mouth or the nose where somebody else might notice a nose first. And if it's the same distance from their mouth, then they might look at the next person and think that those people look the same. Yeah. Our brain like fills in the gaps. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So one study examined more than 15,000 faces of European ancestry. People were grouped together based on their eye width and distance from their nose and mouth. Like I just talked about. The people in the study, their genes were all compared, and it was discovered that there were five different genes that helped build a face. Uh, So eventually, these genes were used to help build a tool that can rebuild a face from a single piece of DNA. And this is especially helpful when you're looking at like true crime, and you're trying to figure out what the person looked like. Yeah. So scientists also studied something called, oh God, prosopagnosia. Uh Uh-huh. Are you familiar with this term? Uh, I am not. It's known as face blindness. So for some people. Oh, yes. Yes. There was a. You know this term? There was a. I feel like there was a book about this. Not oh, about this. I not know. <laughs> but it was like a plot twist in a book. I do know about face blindness. We've talked about it in psychology. Mm-hmm. You look it up. I'm going to tell you what it is. For some people, recognizing faces is impossible due to face blindness. And for them, people whom they've known their whole life may appear to be strangers. And it's linked linked to damage in the region of the brain known as the fusiform gyrus that helps make out faces. Okay. So the part of your brain that recognizes faces gets damaged damaged. and all of a sudden you don't recognize people. Yes. Makes sense. Rock, paper, scissors. I have heard of that book. I have not read it. Okay. Well, spoiler alert, you just told me it has to do with face blindness. (laughs) It it does. And that's part of the plot. So you should read it. Yeah. Noted. Report back. That's how I've heard of this. Uh, a photographer named Francois Brunel has spent almost 14 years researching doppelgangers. His project is called I'm Not a Lookalike. So I'm unique. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, but in more words. And it's a collection of photograph um, 
photographs who look alike around the world. And it's all on his website and his goal is to reach 200. And at the time of this, like last year, he was at 140. So he may be a little closer. You can go to his website and check him out if you want to. The other website is Lindsay touched on it a little bit and it's called Twin Strangers. And it helps people find your own doppelganger and you post your photo and wait for them to find your twin. So there are a couple of other theories that have been used to describe doppelgangers. The first one is the mystical abilities theory. And since many people believe that the doppelganger is their alter ego or their higher self, it's almost thought as though the soul separates and manifests itself in a body that looks like the original self. Some believe that when someone dies, they're able to be in two places at once. The thought is that the higher self or alter ego is separating for a short period of time and manifesting and then going back into the original body. Interesting. The next theory is the psychological theory. And this goes back to Switzerland in 2006, where scientists connected electric stimulation to a patient's left temporoparietal lobe in their brain. What? No. Did I say you said weird? stimulation. No. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't that. 2006, Switzerland. Oh, my God. You just started it's so dumb. good at this. It's dumb. You just can't help yourself. I like it. <laughs> You combined a country and a year. If there yes. was a game, you would win every time. <laughs> of like, what would they call it? Shipping? I don't know. Yes. Oh, I am shipping. an expert shipper. Absolutely. You literally just combined a, a number and a word. In a country. 2006 or one. <laughs> Your brain just cuts out the middle. Yes. That's a, that's a so gift. Much. <laughs> I don't have that. I thought she was giggling because you said stimulation. <laughs> I know. Like, did I say something weird? I don't know, you should think more, more highly of me. Uh, but am I off? <laughs> I actually thought you were laughing at stimulating also. <laughs> See? <laughs> All right. So back to that area of the brain. Okay. The, the stimulated one. Temporoparietal. This is the area of the brain where someone's sense of self-image is. Anyhow, when that area of the brain is disturbed, uh, a person can also see double. So scientists believe that if this area is damaged, it can cause them to see a doppelganger or their doppelganger. Okay. The next term that's discussed is something called, oh gosh, I don't know how to say it. Hotoscopy? Hotoscopy. H-E-A-U-T-O-S-C-O-P-Y. Hootoscopy. How? How? Hotoscopy? Hotoscopy? You get the you get the idea. What is it? It's a term used to describe the hallucination of seeing one's own body at a distance. And it's a possible symptom in schizophrenia and epilepsy and could be an explanation for the doppelganger phenomenon. In fact, you'll hear a lot of physicians say that doppelgangers are a result of somebody with schizophrenia. But then you're also like, all these people who've seen their doubles do not have schizophrenia in the world. So uh, Boyston talked a couple times about the evil twin theory. And there have been cases when a doppelganger goes or does bad or evil things that the original person wouldn't do. Something that it's a demon or a jinn. Do you say like jinn? Attached it like to jin. a person. Like jinn. Jinn. Jinn? No, I say jinn. Okay. I could be wrong. Don't listen. Don't ever take my word on pronunciation ever. I, I could be wrong, but you know, know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they manifest to cause problems in in the person's life, and so there's just a few that are in relation to spirits, ghosts, and doppelgangers. It kind of attaches them all together, and that's number one that they're a demon, obviously. 
They've said to take a solid human form for a short period of time, and some demons have the ability to take on the appearance of anyone that they choose. So maybe they chose to be you. I mean, I believe it. And they're there to tell you you're going to die. It's like the grim. Yeah. Go do bad things. And I'm really sorry if I mispronounced this one too, but it's the Nunehi theory. This comes from the Cherokee Native Americans, and they have stories about this Nunehi. Uh, they are a type of spirit that are rarely seen by humans. And when they do manifest, they appear as somebody that you know, or perhaps yourself. Apparently, if you offend them, you'll die a few weeks later, which sounds a lot like the doppelgangers that you're talking about. Sure. And the bad omen theory we've mentioned several times. This is the thought that if you see your own doppelganger, something bad's going to happen. And the last one is the soulless creature theory. Uh-oh. <laughs> These are all kind of the same, I feel like, but this is when the doppelganger has no soul. This person, quote, unquote, has uh, no reflection or shadow. So what's that make you think of? A vampire. It's a vampire. They're a vampire. Yeah. And that's it. What are your thoughts on the doppelganger? I don't know. I feel like I'm inclined to believe it's a bad omen. Yeah. I I don't know. Well, I think back to like our Denver story. Weren't we talking about doppelgangers roaming in the tunnels? Yes. Down in the Denver airport. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I believe in those theories. Right. right. <laughs> but I mean, the thought that maybe there's somebody that looks genetically almost identical to you out there. I, I believe it, that there's somebody out there that looks very, very similar there's to you. There's a lot of people in this world. See, I like to think it's more like a spiritual doppelganger. Yeah. I like to think like that a physical I, person. I am unique in my appearance, but the spirits can replicate me. Yeah. I get that too. What do you think, Lindsay? I I don't know. Like So you're telling me you believe in demons. No, I but like you don't believe in a demon who can take form of yourself? That I do believe. Okay, so that would be a double gamer. I believe that's what I was kinda getting at. That I think it's like I could see it as like a demon or something. I see. Trying to cause trouble and just mess with you. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there, like, I even look on, like, the celebrity doppelgangers. Yeah. There's people on there I can't even tell apart. For sure. Like, real people. Yeah, like, real like- people. Like you said, there's just so many people in this world. Of course, someone's going to look like you. The stories, though, that I found the most interesting are, like, you know, people like you and me. And they're saying that they woke up in the middle of the night or they whatever. They saw their husband in the closet and talked to them and that person looked over their shoulder and didn't make a noise or something. This is a story I heard about. And uh, then looked over and then their husband's actually in the bed with them, but they fully saw that person in in the closet. So that that one's kind of freaky. Yeah. When you feel like you see somebody that you know. When you see someone else's doppelganger, not yes. your own. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to our group presentation <laughs> on Paranormal, a.k.a. the Doppelgangers. You can always find us at thetipsyghosts.com. <laughs> Add the W's first, please. <laughs> Three W's. Yeah, why did I stutter on dot .com? I don't know. Or not dot .org. <laughs> dot .edu. Dot <laughs> .gov. Thetipsyghosts.gov. Can you imagine? Oh, the government would shut us down is. so fast. Dot .ca is what it is. <laughs> You can find us at thetipsyghost.com with our socials all linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. So many dot coms. Gosh, I can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it and it really does help. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.